behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. How much tush could a tush push push if a tush push could push tush? Well, I don't really have the answer to that, and I don't think the Minnesota Vikings do either if you're lining Brandon Powell up in the backfield. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everyone. Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. My name is Jason Stormer, joined along with Artis Woods and A.J. Fredrickson. Uh, gentlemen, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, not so much of a good result out in the Queen City of Cincinnati. They lose in overtime 27-24 to to the Bengals, and some questionable calls in that game as well, though. Tush pushes. I don't really know how to explain them. I don't know. But like I said, it's almost Christmas. I hope everybody's in the spirit of the holidays. How about you guys? How you feeling? Hopefully the Vikings didn't act like the Grinch and like ruin your Christmas. Hopefully not. We're not going to just blaze past that opening that you just did. We're not going to act like that just didn't happen. We're not going to turn a blind eye. How many times did you practice that? When did you think about that? That was that was flawless, but also like what? What what did I just hear? Brilliant. The graphic goes Brilliant. away, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Dr. Seuss is on the show. What is Thank you, thank you. I did mention the Grinch. Uh, yeah, a couple times in the shower before I came uh, before I came on in here. Definitely, I don't know, remember when I thought of it. I don't know the you know because obviously that's a playoff. The how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Right. I said that to myself randomly today. I think after I took uh, Jeff Diamond's phone call to prepare for a show tomorrow, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden just the the tush push got stuck in my head, and you know, and just how much tush could a tush push? Push. We don't need a second. Push. We don't need a second. Sorry, I ruined. I shouldn't have said it again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Thank you. Anyway, uh, how are you guys doing? Doing <laughs> good, man. Doing good. Great intro, as AJ uh, just said. Uh, doing good. Obviously, got to get into that. I don't even know. I mean, entertaining game, but uh, hard to stomach game for the Minnesota Vikings. That's for sure. Um, but otherwise, man, it's it's holidays, man. We inching up on Christmas. We inching up on the New Year's. It's, it's hard to not feel good around this time of year. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of getting in that festive feeling mood. It's uh, right around the corner. We're within a week now. No snow. That's kind of a bummer, but also that's you know also fine with me. There's a lot of out outweighing factors on that and scientific reasons that we don't need to talk about on this show. That also I'm too dumb to understand and comprehend. So um, same, yeah. yeah. No. There's an ozone. Don't know what I that mean, means, but I know there's an ozone. I'm sure uh, Ryan Claire's somewhere around here and she could explain all this stuff to us, but uh, maybe for another time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and it, it's a good time of the week, good time of the year. Everybody seems to have a, a little bit of a, a pep in their step, a little bit of that that holiday cheer, which is absolutely needed after what a fourth quarter we saw from the Vikings this past, this past weekend. Just terrible. Um, that... That that was the equivalent of the Grinch stealing some sort of Christmas. You have a yeah. win in the bag, and then all of a sudden, a Joe Burrow less, a, a Jamar Chaseless Bengals team storms back to you. So, uh, just just an interesting time. Interesting times. Yeah, it definitely feels like we got a little bit of coal in the stocking from the Minnesota Vikings uh, this year. Which I mean, you know what? They could redeem themselves and win on Christmas Eve against the Detroit Lions. So I guess we, you know, we have potentially that to look forward to. Plenty of redemption for the Minnesota Vikings to be had. But yeah, guys, this game was really disappointing because uh, the Vikings had this game. They had a big fourth quarter lead, and the defense just 
at that point, again, was uh, pitching a touchdown shutout. They had already given up three points, but still the defense was rolling. Then all of a sudden, Jake Browning and that offense just seemed to unleash themselves and stuff like that. T. Higgins with just that insane touchdown catch and just the the mindset or just the awareness to reach forward for that touchdown as he was going down was just absolutely incredible. But still, guys, there were some just very, very, very interesting play calls in this game. Obviously, the tush pushes were just complete failures. Let's just not sugarcoat what they were. Um, how? What were your guys' reactions to that? Do, I mean, considering the day that Ty Chandler was having, don't you think the Vikings should have at least maybe handed the ball to him in that situation? Or do you think, like, no, this is actually the right play? We've seen this phenomenon in the NFL, starting with the with the Eagles with the brotherly shove, and now everybody else is trying to replicate it. Did the Vikings do the right thing, or did they try to stretch it a little too thin, considering they're on their fourth start? quarterback trying to do this I have a couple thoughts about this game number one my first thought goes right back to what you said earlier before I get to the tush push situation that defense who was playing lights out for the most part the entire game up to the fourth quarter in the overtime they gave up three points in the fourth quarter in overtime they gave up what is it 24 points 24 points in the fourth quarter in overtime against Jake Browning is unacceptable for a defense that we have raved about time and time. This defense is playing lights out. Da, 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 da. It's playing so great. 24 points in the fourth quarter in overtime to Jake Browning? You got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. These guys, for the most part, running wide open in the middle of the field, especially T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, middle of the field, just wide open. It's like, when are you going to make an adjustment to shut down the middle of the field? That is what they're attacking. As a matter of fact, it's kind of what they consistently tried to attack the entire game, and they continued it in the fourth quarter, and it started to really pay off. Another play, you brought up the T. Higgins play where he caught the ball and extended to the end zone. This happened in, what was it, the Broncos game. Attack the football while it's in the, it's like you're waiting for the ball to, to touch the receiver's hands to then make a play. That's not always the right play to make unless you have a clear angle where you could punch the ball right out of a receiver's hands. But on the other side of that, you got, I think it was Blackman, yes. who's watching the entire yep. play. Yep. He's just sitting back. Oh, this is about to be incomplete. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm going to watch Dude. him over here as you try to make a game sit. Get in there. Get in there and break it up. Dude, literally, literally, if he get it, maybe even if it's a delayed reaction, you see Higgins, at first you're thinking, oh, it's going to be incomplete. No way he's going to catch this because it was kind of like a jump ball, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking, oh, oh, man. Then he catches it. Oh, you need to jump into action because they're clearly trying to get into the end zone. I'm sure you didn't expect him to do that random reach back. I mean, that was special. But if you're in the remote area, that's a fumble. Yeah. And that is the game. That that That's the game. Mm-hmm. And so... There's that, and I don't want to take all what you guys have to say, but nope. the whole tush-push situation, everybody can't run it. But I'm not mad at the fact that the Vikings ran it once. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at the mm-hmm. fact that they ran it twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's third and one. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth, which I'm sure they knew, you got Justin Jefferson one-on-one on the outside. Why not throw him the football? There's not a corner in the league that can check Justin Jefferson one-on-one. Whether he's going on a fly, whether you hit him on a quick slant, why don't you give the best player on the team an opportunity to catch the football? I'm not even – yes, I think they should have also given the ball to Ty Chandler, but I'm not mad at them not doing that. 
I'm mad at the fact that you had Justin Jefferson one-on-one on the outside with really no help, and you didn't decide, maybe we should audible and try to get it to Justin Jefferson. Maybe he makes a play, breaks the tackle, and has a touchdown. No, they go to tush push twice in a row. I, I just there's, – there's a lot of different things that you could pull back from this game. I'm sure I'm leaving some things out that you guys are going to touch on. But – For the last time, I'm not going to say this again. I'm not going to say this again. Jaron Hall <laughs> needs to be the starting quarterback going forward. Now, he won't, <laughs> Vikings fan. He won't. We all know he won't because they've already announced Mullings is the guy. Don't know why. He made some plays. He made some terrible plays as well that I'm sure you're going to dive into. But there is no reason why Jaron Hall should not have at least the opportunity to go out there and make plays for the Minnesota Vikings going forward. He's not a guy that's turnover prone. He's a guy that's a bit more mobile. And now with Addison playing the way he's playing, and Justin Jefferson playing the way he's playing, the way this offense can move, Nick Mullins is going to do one of two things. Either he's going to throw a weird touchdown, roll into his right thorn (laughs) across his body, and somebody's going to miraculously come up with it, or it's going to be intercepted. Mm Yep. One of the two. I don't know how you'd run that play twice in a row. The exact same thing. Like, at least with Brandon Powell in the backfield, can we please put CJ Ham or Josh Oliver or one of our big tight ends back there to push? Not our smallest wide receiver. If you're doing that, if you're doing that, I want to see. First off, how is there not like a trick play variation of this yet where there are instead of, instead of, and maybe, maybe I just haven't seen it then, but why, why are we not on this for the second attempt there? like throwing to some receiver coming off the outside on just a quick slant route. I I don't know. <laughs> you, you're, it's just so on, on that play also on the, like you, you have a guy who's shorter than me. And I think I'm the shortest one on the, on the, on the show here, shorter than me, about a hundred and what? 30 pounds sopping wet. He looks like Ty Chandler. He can run the ball. Don't get me wrong. But in that situation, I need a guy who's going to get up on Nick Mullins like it's the nightclub on New Year's Eve and there's no other women left available on the dance floor. He is the last single woman on the floor. All right. <laughs> get up on him and push him over the line. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I think we know what AJ's New Year's plans are. I know that's graphic, but that's how bad they need those. They need that oh, first oh man. Like, that like, was funny. <laughs> There's there's a slight hesitation. He, he, I know he probably gave it his all, but what he offers there is not what the what you need. And you saw that on the first attempt. So why are you still allowing? Is T.J. Hawkinson not able to be the guy back there that you put in motion? Is on, honestly is anybody? It, this this is this is wild. But why why not get Daniel Hunter out there for one offensive snap? Sure, somebody. <laughs> I don't care if they know him. Just a big dude. I don't care if they know. He's Nick Mullins is going to be Nick Mullins like jam, jelly, push through the guys if Daniel Hunter is pushing. Then that's obviously not going to happen. People are going to come at me and be like, that's what an idiotic take. Yeah, I'm going to admit it is. It's a terrible idea, but just (laughs) just as bad as having Ty Chandler push two times in a row. That's -hmm. how bad of an idea that is. I'm just trying something else. I'm trying to be constructive here. Um, I don't know how they do that. Um, it's there, there, there's a bunch of other things that I would like to see them do. And I think up to this point, the whole point of why the tush push is so like controversial is that really 
Philadelphia is the only team that can do it successfully because, and say it with me, they have the strongest and most athletic combination of a quarterback in the entire National Football League. Yeah, yeah. Nick Mullins and uh, Jalen Hurts, they're not the same guy. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, the guy. Nick Mullins, a jag. Just a guy. Not the same. Not the same tomato and tomato, not even close. We're to, we're comparing apples to much less talented and athletic oranges here. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how you do that. That, that like it, I want, I want to love and I trust Kevin O'Connell, but when that is the call there, I don't understand. And I'm not saying I'm not, I, by all means, I'm not in the, camp of fire koc i'm not no ridiculous. Guys, i can't that's, believe that's, that's happening i've been seeing a we lot got of that that's yeah ridiculous. maybe no, in it's the, foolish in the moment i understand and granted I'm, I'm getting worked yeah. about it now i understand the frustration the guy won 13 games last year everybody mm-hmm. and he's given the one without kirk and yeah, fourth Justin. starting quarterback fourth Justin quarterback didn't have the number one wide receiver in the nfl for how many weeks? Like and eight still, weeks. And Somewhere he's still doing there. all right. Like, let's pump the brakes here. I'm 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 gonna allow some mistakes at times. It just sucks that the, the that that mistake happened when it did and how much of a magnitude it had on the game. I just it's just so frustrating because I feel like he in that situation needs to realize you have other guys to go to. Mm-hmm. You and it, you gotta be able to trust Nick Mullins to either A throw a quick like dump off something short and get that mm-hmm. like that should be something that you're able to do or give the ball to Ty Chandler 5.7 yards per Thanks. carry on average what are we doing here he steps in in a game first off you've been kind of sh- throwing shade his way the entire season Alexander Madison still don't understand after especially after that performance why why he was getting the looks in the RB one treatment that he was up until now. He misses the week. Ty Chandler steps in, seizes the moment. I said it last week. Have no fear. Ty Chandler is here. He gets in the end zone. Check, check one off for AJ. If it wasn't for that stupid play by T Higgins, that space jam esque play (laughs) reaching across, guess what the score would have been? 2417 check for AJ. I know this I was thinking about right that. Out. I was thinking right about that. I'm like AJ's gonna nail this. He's gonna and then T. Higgins said nope. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I don't understand why <laughs> on I I think the first thing there if you run the ball with Ty Chandler and he gets stuffed and just doesn't pick up the I yeah I can live with that. Yeah, I can live with that. But doing two tush pushes with a quarterback that is not really made for that, with a pusher that is not really made for that twice in a row, that's that's just it leaves my jaw on the floor. I I have no words to like sum up. And I know I just rambled, so that's I've <laughs> you had there. plenty of words, but, sir. I disagree um, with that statement. In, in the time, in the time, I was left speechless, and I just couldn't yeah. understand or comprehend what the decision making was there. So that uh, that was an issue for me. Uh, Jason, did you what do you, what did you think about it? Yeah, no, it's probably the most bonehead uh, call and decision that Kevin O'Connell's probably made in his very uh, short tenure as Minnesota Vikings head coach. Uh, yeah, it completely took all the momentum away, uh, allowed Cincinnati to get a victory, and it just look. I'm not confident doing a tush push with 
a healthy Kirk Cousins with an intact Achilles, much less Nick Mullins. You know what I mean? And I don't think the Vikings did a ton of tush pushes with Kirk. They would sneak one in every now and then, but not at any like uh, frequent rate or anything like that. And it just, man, it just killed the momentum. But still, I mean, there were other plays by Nick Mullins that just had me scratching my head and definitely has me wondering, hey, maybe we should start Jaron Hall. I'm kind of in that camp more so than ever. I mean, he got so lucky with the first touchdown pass to Jordan Addison. He was getting sacked down. I mean, sure, the awareness is there for Mullins. Like, yeah, get rid of the ball. And he made the smart play, but he's just lucky that he's a really good receiver that that was basically able to pick that ball right before it touched the ground and was able to take it in the end zone for the touchdown. The second touchdown pass... Look, it was very Brett Favre-esque, and I, you know, I respect players when they want to get a little, um, when they want to gamble that way. Uh, but never, ever, 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 ever do that again, Nick Mullins. Did I say ever? Ever, please. It was just the luckiest, the luckiest play you could have possibly asked for. Better to be lucky than good in plenty of situations. But still, it just ultimately, yes, the the conversations of Kevin O'Connell's job security really d- do need to calm down, like. It's it's pretty insane to just kind of hear the rhetoric that's all over social media and stuff like that after some, yeah, two really boneheaded plays. But everybody just needs to just relax on that kind of bit and just understand that obviously nothing's going to happen and it's probably just a symptom of recency bias more than anything else. But the problem is, too, guys, is that now... I mean, our playoff odds just keep going further and further down. I mean, we had, didn't we have like an 80% chance to make the playoffs at one point or something like that, or like high 70s or something like that? It seems like each week now, um, after kind of really the Broncos game, that percentage is just dipping by like 10% every single week. And now I think they're sitting here currently at 44% uh, because some things went right for a couple NFC teams like the Rams, like the Seahawks. Uh, Thankfully, not the Packers, though. Uh, The Packers losing to the Buccaneers, which uh, ultimately I think a lot of Vikings fans are going to be happy about. So as much as this definitely felt like just a huge gut punch of a loss for the Vikings, there's still reasons to be optimistic. Optimist, if you're like really, if the goal is that you want to make the playoffs, I mean, Daniil Hunter had another awesome game. And I think, uh, you know what, this defense was due for a little bit of regression. That touchdown streak wasn't going to maintain itself for too much longer. It's just this is how the NFL works. Doesn't really matter if you're playing a backward quarterback or not. That's just how kind of that's just the law of averages. And so I'm not really surprised that the defense got, you know, I guess torched by their standards probably over the last couple weeks um but it was still disappointing in the way that it was done uh, blowing that lead in the fourth quarter and just ultimately you know we we, we were concerned a little bit of how the corners were going to play against the Bengals it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be but still it was just disappointing to see where when the game mattered the most in crunch time um things lined up a ton for that defense and now we're going into the Lions game just kind of wondering all right the Lions seem to be rebounding a little bit. So we were kind of wondering, all right, is their defense, you know, going to be able to hang on for them because it's been pretty leaky. Well, they had a pretty good performance against the Denver Broncos, uh, even though obviously the Broncos offense isn't, you know, lighting up the world or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're rolling with Nick Mullins guys. We are. And frankly, frankly, I'm not surprised by this decision, but I think if the Vikings lose to the Lions, I think Jaron Hall will be starting against the Green Bay Packers. I, I really do. I think they'll finally, finally see the light or whatever and finally decide that, all right, even if we back our way into the playoffs, if we lose to Detroit, then 
I just don't know organizationally how much how much hope they'll actually have. And honestly, I don't know if I'm expecting Nick Mullins to have a great performance. I mean, we, we talked about how we didn't really respect, besides Trey Hendrickson, too much of this Bengals defense. Well, they were able to get it done, really, against Nick Mullins. And now we got the Lions defense coming up. And I just don't know if Nick Mullins is going to be able to do much better against the Lions defense. Because he's proved to me that it doesn't really matter how porous uh, defense is. Nick Mullins might struggle against it no matter what. So, um, yeah, we're just, man, if the Lions clinch the NFC North at our stadium on Christmas Eve. That's going to be such a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to I mean, be such a bummer. I mean, sure. The Lions haven't won the North since like what? 1993. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And so like, it's probably long overdue for that football team, but still it's just not going to be a fun feeling for any Vikings fan. That's, you know, spending part of their Christmas at us bank stadium and potentially has to see the Vikings lose that game. But what are your guys's main concerns for the Vikings uh, going up against the lions? I mean, honestly, we have a chance now, gentlemen, to play the lions three times in the next four weeks, which is just absolutely insane because this whole time the Vikings and the lions have been lined up in the playoff positioning. But, um, I mean, first of all, your reaction, I mean, do you think Nick Mullins can win a game for the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions? And do you think the Vikings will be able to pick back up their playoff momentum and finish strong here? I think they can win. I think the I think the Lions are a team that is very streaky. They're very hit or miss. We've seen them have some really good games and some really bad games. They really flourish when that um when Jamar Gibbs is getting the football and he's playing really good football. Uh, running the ball effectively. So when the run game gets going, they all, their offense gets going. And, you know, Jared Goff is another guy that's extremely streaky. When he has it going, he has it going. Yeah. But when he's off, oh, boy, it's a long day. And so I look for the defense to rebound in this football game, which is why I do give him a shot in this game. Like I said, I still have a ton of respect for that defense. I do think they can go out there, they can make plays. They've shown me enough of that to believe that they are capable of slowing down an offense that's that's good that is that good. I mean, we saw the Chicago Bears also slow that offense down twice, mm-hmm. and so you know I think the Vikings are capable. It's just a matter of offensively: is Nick Mullins going to give those guys the ball and give them short field opportunities to score touchdowns? Is he going to make their job easier? Meaning the Detroit Lions when it comes to putting up points, because at that point. You don't want to give him too many opportunities because even if Jared Goff is cold, the offense is still a really good offense. This is, I think, a top five offense in the NFL right now. So, like, you don't want to give them too many opportunities. If you're going to going into this game and you're Nick Mullins, your goal should be they don't lose this game because of me. I don't try to do too much and overextend myself like, like you said you know, fall into the ground and trying to avoid a sack. So you just throw the ball into a defender's arms and it ends up. And I get it. You're trying to get rid of the yeah, ball. I understand. They're taught to do like, that. But when the guy's right in your face. But you're, but you're, yeah, you know yeah. what that is? That's a rookie mistake. By a veteran That's quarterback. A, by a veteran quarterback. So you might as well put the rookie out there if the veteran is going to make rookie <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> like, it don't make sense. But back back to my point. You know, if the, – he has to go into this game with the mindset of, I'm going to make the plays that are there. I'm going to take what the defense gives me. I think we saw enough out of Ty Chandler that he should be getting most of the reps now. You know, he should be touching the football, you know, often as much as possible, you know, to try to keep the Lions offense off the field. And, you know, I think if they're able to run the ball effectively and Nick Mullins isn't turning the ball over, but being smart with the ball, getting the ball to your playmakers, I don't think they have anybody to check Justin Jefferson. And I don't think they have anybody to check Jordan Addison. 
I'm not even sure they have anybody to check Hawkinson running down the middle of the field. I think you're I think you're right there. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna come down to playing smart football, not turning the ball over, and the defense has to respond. Now you're in Minnesota, you know, so I expect them to play a lot better than I would if this game was in Detroit. But it's in Minnesota, you know, so you have a good opportunity here to come out and make a statement. I think if you lose this game, you for sure win the next. I, I don't think the Lions are good enough to beat the, the Vikings twice. I, I don't believe that. I'd be kind of shocked if that happens. So I think you at least split. But I think it starts with this one. You need a rebound game after what we just saw. I'm not going to give my prediction yet, but I think you need a rebound game against the Lions right here. I I remember, like, I think the first part of your question was, what makes me nervous? What makes me nervous about this this weekend? Oh. Mine is Nick Mullins. That's what makes me nervous. I think that's <laughs> unanimous, sir. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mine, I think yeah, that's mine. the obvious answer. Like, you know. Mine is, too, and solely because Aiden Hutchinson. That was my mm-hmm. second one. Aiden yep. Hutchinson makes me nervous because if you look at this past weekend, the PFF grades that came out regarding Nick Mullins, when he has time in the pocket, very good. When they have play action and he has time to let the play develop, pretty good. When he's pressured, when there's a frenzy, when he has to scramble, Bad, bad, bad. Everything bad. Chaos is bad. Aiden Hutchinson is chaos in a bottle. Yeah. It's, he, he's wearing lion's blue. Just pure chaos. Aiden Hutchinson is going to tear it up this weekend. And given the injuries and that, that are on the Vikings O-line, I don't know how many times you can hold that man off. He's going to get to Nick Mullins. Not just once. Not just twice. It's going to be a lot of pressure for Nick Mullins. He's going to see a lot of Hutchinson in, 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 right in his grill, I think, all day long. And uh, when Nick Mullins is going to have to avoid and flail out, if he gets away from him, I think a bad throw is going to be coming most of that time if if a throw even gets off. So mm-hmm. that is the biggest thing that makes me nervous. I I want to say in my, in my heart of hearts that I think another week of Nick Mullins, um, you know, getting the reps in at the at the facilities – getting some chemistry with uh, JJ to possibly mesh now that he's fully back and all this stuff. And that's going to help. And then he's, you know, it's, it's the same thing of what I expected last week where you have Jordan Edison, you have TJ Hawkinson, you have Justin Jefferson. And now we've seen you have Ty Chandler who, in my opinion, stayed should stay RB one. Um, the offense should be more than enough for him to succeed. If, if that's not the case, especially after this week, I'm with Artis once again. I think this is, what, two weeks in a row now, Artis? You and I are going to say? Yeah. I want to see what Jaron Hall has. And I know <laughs> yeah. I know the reports are that they're just not they're not confident in him. How confident, how confident are, are you in Nick Mullins? And frankly, it can't be all that much, which makes me concerned because, like, I'm not, I'm not the facilitator. I don't I see the practice. I don't have that. Uh, coaching minds, so I understand that they're going to know leaps and bounds probably more than I do. Then how bad is Jaron Hall if you're not willing to back him? He ain't that bad. That's that's the thing. I I don't think he is either, but I mean, we're not going to, as of right now, we're not going to get a chance to find out, unfortunately. Um, So that's my biggest thing that uh, that makes me nervous is Aiden Hutchinson, that pass rush from from the Lions. I don't think they're defense is all worldly by any means but i think given the circumstances and given how when the when the the personal space bubble of nick mullins seems to be penetrated by outside forces bad things happen we knew that 
going into last week, and look what happens. He throws a, he throws arguably the most comical interception I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> you were an inch away from having your butt on the ground, and you still threw that. Yeah. The inch that you should have waited was the inch you threw into another man's face mask, and then he caught it. And then you're like, hey, I threw it forward. Yeah, that's why it's an interception, man. That <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. I don't yeah. even need, I don't even know if he knew he was throwing the ball forwards on that play either. It's like he was just throwing the ball for the sake of throwing the ball for all he knew. He was throwing it backwards and somebody could have taken it to the house. That, that could that have been flagged for even if it was incomplete. Could you say that's intentional grounding too? Even if it's if it's thrown a, backwards, it's not. It's a fumble after that. But I thought he threw it. He, he did. He did. He but I'm just saying. I just don't know what his awareness level was in that moment, and he was just throwing the ball just because he didn't want to take the sack. When in that situation, you probably should have just taken the sack. This might be. I'll use allegedly on this because I don't want to. I don't want to put any. <laughs> I don't want to put any uh, miss miss feelings on me. That's not a word, but. Um, allegedly, <laughs> sometimes I sometimes allegedly while I'm driving, allegedly, I'll have those moments where I allegedly black out, you know, like I'm driving and I'm caught and I'm rock. But then allegedly a few stoplights later, I allegedly think to myself, I don't remember the last mile. Allegedly. I don't know if anybody <laughs> allegedly also has that happen to them. I've allegedly, allegedly gone through that allegedly. too. Where uh, I, I know a friend who like just yeah a friend who just driving on a road trip and just all of a sudden getting a deep thought and then just you drive five miles and you don't even realize what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah but allegedly, allegedly. Um, but that I think is the equivalent of what happened to Nick Mullins on that play where he just blacked <laughs> out and was like, like after he got up he's like no I tried to air that thing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean the guy five feet in front of me caught that? There's no shot that line and picked me off. Yeah. So um it just I I the the quarterback position. I mean we mm-hmm. we talked we talked about this last week. We miss Kirk. We miss Kirk. Yeah, oh I know. God, yes. This yes. season, yes. And yes. as still the personal bodyguard for all conversations regarding Kirk Cousins being traded. <laughs> i I haven't left my post. Um no nope. yeah, Kirk, we 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 do miss you. I, I no trade clause, baby. No trade clause. Yeah, he's not going yeah. anywhere. Let me, say, let me say this. Let me say this really quick, Jason. Yeah, before I, go. Yeah, I want to sure. say this really quick. Here's you brought I mean. up um Allegedly. you know, I don't how, how bad is you know the backup quarterback, you know, how bad is that situation um where they don't want to put him in the game, you know, in place of Mullins. Why, you know, how bad is Jaron Hall? And my response to it is this he's not that bad. And I look at the Ty Chandler situation and the Alexander Madison situation. Why is Ty Chandler not getting touches? We saw flashes in preseason about what this guy could do. And fumbles. And I think that's why. I think he needed to earn a lot of uh, good graces in the locker room before they were going to give him a shot. Which may have been a mistake in, in retrospect. I I get that. But the explosiveness is is hard to deny. Like, he should have still been given opportunities within the offense to make plays. And in the moment he's put out there, he has a great game. Jake Browning, you cut him. What was the evaluation on Jake Browning? Credit Because he's balling right now. I you know was, I mean? was a, He was a I'd Rick like, Spielman pick, so it was just yeah. a blank space. You know, n- nothing. Okay. All right. I'm <laughs> just know how to evaluate That's where my head goes, where it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to question how they evaluate the talent, but it's like, when you think about those two, when I think about those two things, I look at those now, in hindsight, of course, as kind of misses. They're both kind of misses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Ty should have been getting carries earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could yeah. use a guy like Jake Browning right now. The you only could. reason we got rid of Browning was to keep Kellen Mond. 
Oh God! Now that, that worked out. I mean, that makes it even worse. And I remember. I mean, you think the hype was is big with Jaron Hall right now? I remember the hype with Kellen Mond. Man, people actually like brought up conversations about how he could be a replacement for Kirk Cousins. I remember. Oh, who's the guy on PFT with Florio that used to be the old? He used to be a starting one of the McCowns, I think. One of the McCowns like hyped him up a ton. Mm. Luke McCown, Josh McCown, one of the McCowns, I think, is on PFT or something, and was hyping up Kellen Mond as his best quarterback coming out of that draft class. Mm. I think Kellen is still on the practice squad with the Browns, hanging out with Kevin Stefanski. I don't know if that's for sure, but gotcha. uh, mm. yeah. And Jake Browning totally. I mean, you, you guys saw the video. You looked right they in the camera and said him. they shouldn't have shouldn't have cut me. He said another word too, but you yeah. know what I mean. And no. so it's just like, all right. Obviously, uh, Jake had that on his mind the whole time during that game, but uh, you know he's doing just fine in Cincinnati. Um, yeah. Honestly, my biggest concerns uh, circling back really quick for this game is. All the guys that missed practice today. We're recording this on Wednesday, December 20th. Here's everybody who did not practice today. Daniil Hunter, Alexander Madison, Byron Murphy, Jalen Naylor, and Brian O'Neill. Now, the Madison stuff and the O'Neill stuff, I think, is a little bit expected. Both of them recovering from ankle injuries. I don't even, I don't believe O'Neill has a decent chance of playing this weekend. I think there might be a slim chance that Madison plays, but in terms of my hopefulness for either of those guys, I'm not really sure I should be too hopeful about that. Um, Daniil's is just an illness though. So hopefully that's just a little stomach bug or something like that. That's not going to be a big deal. Um, but like, like you guys brought up Aiden Hutchinson, this is going to be a nut. Yeah. The third straight week in a row now where the Vikings have to go up against an elite individual pass rusher. You had to do that against uh, Max Crosby. You had to do that um, against Trey Hendrickson. And now you have to do that against Aiden Hutchinson. And if our offensive line, isn't that healthy? That's going to worry me. Even though I thought, honestly, guys, the protection for Nick Mullins wasn't all that bad on Saturday. It, I thought it was going to be a lot worse, but I think David Questenberry or Dan Questenberry, one of those two guys, I can't remember which his first name is. I think Dan Questenberry is an old MLB player, and this is David Questenberry we're talking about. Mm. Uh, I think he filled in admirably. It was nice to get Ed Ingram back in there, but still, the longevity of that, I'm just, again, three straight weeks in a row of going up against an elite pass rusher. That really concerns me, especially when it's a division rival and we haven't played them yet. And there's extra incentive for all these guys. And I'm sure there's, and I think Daniel Hunter just hit some kind of bonus, I believe where he earned like an extra two to $3 million that happened either in the last week or the week before. Now you're in the point where a lot of players are trying to earn some money because the NFL doesn't have an in-season tournament like the NBA. You got to kind of make these opportunities count. You know what I mean? So there's going to be a lot of game check money uh, to be had in the NFL the next couple of weeks. And I think that's going to incentivize a lot of players. I mean, that's mostly for, you know, the guy, the team, the players that, I have teams that are pretty much eliminated from uh, playoff contention, and you can pretty much start uh, anybody. Anyway, yeah, uh, but some good news, though, on the injury front. Jordan Hicks, looking like he's going to make his return from uh, compartment syndrome, which is a very, very, very scary thing if you've ever had it. Um, He's been on record saying that he almost lost his leg. Uh, which wow. is crazy. He thought he initially just had a bruise. That's how those things start, but they just get worse and worse. And next thing you know, you got to go to the hospital. But he's doing good. And he's looking like he's going to be hopeful uh, to play for the Vikings, which is definitely, I mean, hit, losing him has probably been a very underrated storyline for this Vikings defense. They played so well that it's he, like it doesn't seem like we're missing him too much, but getting more depth at that linebacker spot, I think is huge. I mean, you had to bring back Anthony Barr because Jordan Hicks got hurt. You know what I mean? So that's it's going to be good to get him healthy. But hopefully, hopefully guys like Daniel Hunter are going to be okay. If it's just an illness, just a stomach bug or something like that, 
we should be okay. But I mean, in terms of other concerns, uh, if Nick Mullins has even one turnover in the first half, I think I'm pulling him. I, I don't know. I guess it would have Man. to depend on the turnover. If it goes right through somebody's hands, a la Kadarius Tony style and into defender's arms, okay, maybe we can have a conversation about that. But just like how short I think the leash probably should have been more so for Josh Dobbs against the Raiders. I think that sh- hopefully should apply to Nick Mullins here. If if it starts off really bad against the Lions, I mean, you, you got to make the move to Jaron Hall. I mean, again, if you are if you're dead set on making the playoffs and you're not winning the ball game with Nick Mullins as the quarterback, and arguably, I mean, you could have maybe even had the conversation about pulling him against the Bengals too. Could have. Um, Kind of understand why you kept him in there. Kind, I don't know. It just I ultimately didn't work out, but I can I can probably hear KOC's reasoning behind it or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's just mm, man, I don't want to lose the NFC North on Christmas, guys. I just don't. I just don't want to do it. It's gonna be hard if that's the case. But should we get into our predictions here? I'll put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. Um, who won last week? Oh yeah, I I did. I didn't you mean this. I didn't mean to sound week. braggadocious there. I'm totally sorry. I, I, you did pick the I did week. pick the Bengals last week. AJ, oh, 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 so close to that hitting a perfect big. score. Which have we done that before? I think no. one of us has been like a point or two off and yeah. picking the right team, but like one or two points off from the score. I don't think any of us has uh, thrown an immaculate inning. We'll call it that or something like that. Hit a hole in one or something mm. like that. Perfect. All right, artists and football. Right. All right, artists, you usually lead us off. So uh, go ahead. What do you think will be the result of this Detroit Lions versus Minnesota Vikings Christmas Eve jamboree? And if you care, um, right now the line is set for oh, yeah. uh, minus one in favor of the Vikings with an over under set at 46 points. You said minus one. I've got three and a half on ESPN. Sorry. Sorry. It's it opened a- up. It opened up at minus one. Now it is okay. uh, minus three in favor of Detroit. Wow. That swung. Holy fucking swing. Better, better All right. swing. All right, artists. What's going to happen? Oh, man. Oh, so Vegas is all in on Detroit for this matchup. Like, mm. I understand. Um, I think after <laughs> you, can, you can pass if you want to. No, you I just you know it's just I, because I'm gonna do something that goes against my 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 real thought process. Mm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against my head right now and go with my heart. I'm gonna Christmas. pick. I'm gonna pick the Vikings to win this game. The reason why I'm gonna pick the Vikings to win this game because this is some my head, not just all my heart. The reason why I'm gonna pick the Vikings to win this game is because I do not believe in the Detroit Lions. I just don't, especially on the road in Minnesota. I've seen enough of them to know they just have these crazy peaks and crazy valleys that they go through. As a football team on both sides of the of the ball, I believe in the Vikings defense, especially at home. And I believe that the Vikings can make things tough on Jared Goff, force him into some bad throws, some interceptions and make plays defensively. That makes it better and and makes it easier for the offense to flourish. And offensively, I think this is a Ty Chandler game. I think you hand him the ball as much as possible. You keep you know, that offense of the Detroit Lions off the field, and whenever you need to make a big-time play, you got at least two, and a possible in Hawkinson, 
but really two guys, legit, on the outside who can go and make a play, one of the, one of them being the best in the NFL that they have no matchup for. So I think in this game, as long as they control the ball, control the time of possession, don't turn the ball over. I'm giving the Vikings this game with the score of, I'm going to say that defense does not give up more than 20 points. 23, no, 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 24, 20. Vi- no, no, <laughs> no. Let me get. Uh, You're like asking a kid what they want for Christmas. You keep changing your mind. Let me get. <laughs> 16 21 Vikings. Okay. Okay. 21 16. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. AJ. I'm nervous about uh, Nick Mullins. I'm nervous about Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery. They've been they've been a nice little <laughs> tandem. I'm nervous about the fraud accusations that the Lions have had the past couple of weeks. I'm nervous that uh, their raucous head coach is going to rally the troops, so to speak, and get the get them all juiced up, fired up on Christmas Eve, coming into town to face a a, a hated rival, a team that's been down and in <laughs> Motor City's been kicked and pushed around for what feels like the past two decades, and now they have a football team. It's their division to lose. Am I nervous about that? You bet. You bet I am. But there's one thing that none of us have mentioned up until right now. The conditions. The Vikings are hosting for the second time ever a whiteout at U.S. Mm-hmm. Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, if you remember, do you remember last year? Do you remember the whiteout last year? Wait, was the whiteout the that wasn't the Colts game, was it? No, no. It was the comeback win over Danny Dimes and the, oh. and those pesky Giants. Those yes. pesky Giants. Yes. They turned out to be quite pesky later on, didn't they? <laughs> yes. We don't they like did. the talk. They well, did. I know. Yeah, Vikings yeah. fans forget that we beat the Giants in, uh, last year. So you might point. be sitting there watching this and you're thinking to yourself, there's no way this buffoon <laughs> is going to let the jerseys in the and what and what what the fans are wearing affect his pick for this Sunday. And that's where you're wrong. Because <laughs> on any other day. On any other Sunday, I would say the Lions are going to come into town and they're going to steal one from the Vikings. They're going to win 28 to 14. And this that team is going to head back to Motor City, head back to Detroit. Kid Rock's town, the, the, the town that Kid Rock built, so to speak, <laughs> with victory, but not this week, not today, not this Sunday. The Vikings will win 24 to 20. Hmm. And you can bet that it will be a two touchdown day for Justin Jefferson. Bet. I like it. I, bet. I, I'm not just you I guarantee that. Mm. I guarantee a two touchdown day. This for is Justin beyond Jefferson. a write that down. This is a, a guarantee. satisfaction guaranteed 10 year warranty. He kind stayed of thing. He, he stayed off the score sheet last week. He did. There's no shot that happens again. He's making up for lost time. He's not gonna just do it with the yards. He's getting into the end zone. <laughs> 24-20 Vikings, two touchdowns for JJ, one for each of the Jays. Jason, over to you for a third. Hey, I'm a J too. Uh, notice what color shirt uh, he's wearing, Artis. He's oh, already ready. He's already, he's already ready, ready to go. He's already at U.S. <laughs> Bank Stadium. It's Christmas Eve, baby. <laughs> ah. Oh, we're only wearing. I don't care no that it's so after bright. Labor Day. I'm wearing white. Won't you guide my slate tonight? Okay. The Detroit Lions oh win gosh. 26 to 23 <laughs> I knew it. I knew to defeat it. the Minnesota. <laughs> I, knew it. 
I knew it, dude. I'm like, oh, he's he's getting ready to crush it. I just oh, knew it. I knew it. I saw sorry. it in his eyes. You're a mean eyes. one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, I'm just not too hopeful. Oh, with Nick Mullins leading the charge here. If he was, if he made those mistakes against the Bengals, I just don't see how it's not possible to where he can't make those same mistakes against. Um, oh, I see Grant in the background of the yard. Just tell him I say hi right there. He just kind of ducked in really <laughs> quick. Hi. Yeah, we're in the middle of recording, dude. Anyway, uh, yeah, look, um, the Vikings are getting shredded by tight ends this season. They're allowing a rating of definitely of over 100, 105, actually, I believe, 105.3 or something. And this Sam Laporta kid, has j- taken the memory of TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit Lions fans' minds. He is just an absolute beast. Arguably, honestly, he might already be the best tight end in all of football. Travis Kelsey has kind of come down a little bit this season. Hawkinson's great, too, but Laporta is right up there, and I'm worried about that. Now, the running game, yes, it could be an issue, uh, just because you think automatically Montgomery, Gibbs. I mean, that's one of the best one-two punches in all the NFL. But I believe the Vikings' defense runs per carry is in the threes or so, like a 3.6, I believe. And these two kind of like average just around that area as well. So ultimately, the Detroit running game as a whole with those two combined actually averages yard per carry pretty much what the Vikings are already given up. Um, but yeah, I was I'm, I'm worried about this secondary. Um, Byron Murphy had a really good game against the Bengals, but a Caleb Evans, I think, struggled a little bit. Blackman struggled as well. And Amon Ross St. Brown is just on a whole nother level. He's turned into just a top five receiver in the entire NFL. Top yeah. five? Amon Ross St. Brown, he might damn near be, man. He damn near might be. He's he's really, really good. Uh, Man, I don't know if it's just because I'm in the NFC North and I got to watch this guy, or maybe I'm just being generous and it's Christmas, but like, I'm not even kidding. It might take one more year, but Amon Ross might actually be a top five receiver in the NFL. He's really damn good, man. And he's got Jared Goff thrown to him. I mean, if he even had a better quarterback, could you imagine what that kid would be doing right now? I'm scared of him is what I am trying to say. I get that. Really? Anyway. Can you rattle off um, the top five just off the top of your head? I'm just curious at this point. Tyreek, I mean, this season or? Like, currently. In this moment, oh, currently. Okay, Tyreek, obviously. A.J. Brown as well. He's had an awesome season. Um. Oh, shoot. Who else am I? I'm blanking on some other names. I mean, I, I, I want to say JJ too, Devontae probably as well, and then Jamar. Am I okay, forgetting so anybody? Fine. Yeah. Am I forgetting anybody? Is anybody else going off this season? Jalen Waddle honestly could have. Huh? CD Lamb has had a CD really Lamb. CD, 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 yeah, CD, yeah, CD could probably throw him in there. Okay, he's definitely a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, he's definitely top 10. Top 10 is reasonable. He's not even out. You could throw Stefan Diggs in there still. Diggsy, yeah, Diggsy too. Okay, so, okay, maybe I got a little generous. It's Christmas time. Come on. Just wanted to fill a stocking and be cheerful and stuff right, like I was, that. I was just uh, curious as to what what your list would look like because it was a very lofty statement. That's all. Yeah, I, it was. I love I love the, the yeah. takes. Don't get me wrong. I was just yeah. very curious. Yeah, swing big. Yeah. Swing big. Go for gold. Always bet the over. Right. But yes, uh, that's the end of my Christmas cheer. Though I am predicting the Vikings do lose on Christmas Eve at home to the Troy Lions, twenty six to twenty three. Hope I'm wrong, but unfortunately, I've picked against this club a few times now this season, and it's kind of worked in my favor. Um, but here's a weird thing. They could probably win in Detroit, though. Even though I'm picking them to lose here at home, my original prediction when we did this predictions uh, was for the Vikings to win in Detroit. So I might or might not 
hold on to that one. You'll have to find out in a couple weeks when you tune into the Score North Taxi Squad. So anyway, AJ and Artist picking the Vikings to win. AJ uh, twenty four to twenty. Artist twenty one sixteen. We had the Vikings losing to the Lions twenty six to twenty three. But you know who ain't losing because they went a perfect, I believe, three and zero. This week, those Minnesota Timberwolves, mm, Ugh, mm, they just mm. keep getting it done. Big, big, big win against the Dallas Mavericks. Got it done at home against the Pacers. And then uh, they overcame some heat culture down in Miami as well, which can I talk about that for just a second? Did you guys see that Miami's now got heat culture just right smack dab on the middle of their court now? Yeah. Just the words heat culture. More like Jimmy Butler, am I right? Butler with two T's. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but anyway, um, look, I, my whole impressions of heat culture up to this point in my life have uh, been, uh, it's not a very braggadocious thing. A lot of the media talks about that. They're a spunky, hard-nosed team that grinds and is just very well run. But to display heat culture right on your court, I think, is just not what heat culture really is. I agree with that. Especially because Timberwolves culture culture. is better anyway. How? (laughs) Baby, how? They're rolling artists and AJ. They are rolling. No, they're playing great. Go go ahead, AJ. Go ahead. All right, really quick. I just want to take a quick survey. We talked about Wolves culture. We've got the Heat culture. How about the Lakers culture? Hang your banner for the I wasn't going to mention that. What do we think? What do we think here, ladies and gentlemen? The, The Lakers? That's, uh, you're better than that artist. I, Your team can, is better than that. You didn't I, leave Minneapolis to hang those banners, buddy. Now I could look the other way if it was the Wolves or a team that also <laughs> yeah, not won anything. Yeah. But the Lakers? Oh, I love how they amazing. left a ton of room on the banner too, so they could fill more years in. So clearly, they don't want to make it have a be a big deal. But like, you made it a big deal. Yeah. The only way it doesn't look crazy is if we look back 15 years from now and the in-season tournament is just elevating every year. And it's something that we look forward to. And, like, they really start, you know, adding, like, that to your resume. Like, there are in-season tournament champions. You know what I mean? Like, unless it becomes, which I believe LeBron ultimately, in a way, not trying to really benefit himself, but in a way is trying to do, trying to help legitimize that you know, tournament because now I can see other players going hard to win it because if LeBron's going to go hard to win it, why wouldn't you go hard to win it? You know, especially for the younger teams and players, but as a Laker fan, yeah, yeah. You had a ceremony and everything too. You didn't even hang it quietly. You guys had a whole grand reveal and and had everybody fill staples or whatever you call it now. It was very emotional. And then they went like one and three over their next four. Do you think anybody cried at that ceremony? Like built an emotional, like got to that emotional level where this means so much to I, me. I hope not. I hope so. I really I, hope I, so. I, I, I hope not. it was you. I hope you went all the way to LA no. just to see that. Never. Um, <laughs> the Wolves. Hey, the Wolves. The Wolves are continuing to play great basketball. I think they've got like a three-game lead or at least a two-and-a-half game Don't lead check. on the rest of the Western yes. Conference. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, crazy to watch, man. Yep. It's like every other night somebody is stepping up. We got the night – against um, the Mavs where Anthony Edwards is having an off night. But Terrible. again, I think I've brought this up before. He's he's His game is becoming more than just offense and mm-hmm. defense. His game, or I say, let me rephrase, his game is becoming more than just, you know, scoring. A lot of his game now is playmaking too. So even if he doesn't have it going, I mean, he ended this game with, what, 11 assists on the night. Just yes, getting sir. guys open, finding guys, because you know the defense is game planning to stop him. 
You know what I mean? You obviously worry about Cat. You worry about Nas Reed, who's a monster. Ooh-wee. You're worrying about other players on the team, you know. But for the most part, guys are game planning to stop Anthony Edwards. He knows that, so he knows if he misses his first couple shots. I trust my teammates enough to know that if teams collapse on me, I can make the play. I can throw the backdoor pass. I can find, you know, Mike Conley on the perimeter. You know, I could I could throw a lob to Rudy or to or to Cat. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch, and I think the more he masters that game, the better off they'll be. You know, you got the game against the Pacers where, I mean, just a show Ever. from Anthony Edwards yeah. and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, they they play like that together, 40 and 12 from Cat, and what was it, 37 from Ant? Mm-hmm. If they play like that, I that's tough. That that that's is is that's that's lights out. That that's lights out for anybody that they go up against. I mean, they really turned it up. What was it in the second half? Because they was kind of you know, kind of you know, I won't say it's kind of like the days of school in the first half. But in the second half, they just turned it up, especially in that third quarter. They just took that game over and won. And then the game against the Heat, Heat culture, Anthony Edwards closed y'all out in the fourth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, turn that little, fade off the glass. That's I was just about to bring up that play, dude. And it's Special. so – that was Special. so – that made me so happy because it was not an out-of-control play whatsoever. You mm-hmm. see so many young NBA players when they – especially when they do fadeaways. I mean, they, they think they've been practicing that at the yard and stuff like that, and they can do it in an NBA game. But no, Ant did that with such precision – off the glass, you can tell he practiced that shot over and over again in practice and then just totally put the nail in the coffin on heat culture. It was just mwah, chef's kiss. He is growing before our eyes, man. My mm-hmm. prediction of, of I, what did I say, second All-NBA this season? Um, that might still second. be lofty, I understand. Maybe um, not, just, though. I don't know. I mean, I just said the whole stuff about Amon Ra. You know what I mean? I, I can't. You can't guarantee. I can't guarantee anything these days. Um, but it's just that. I mean, I think he's definitely in play for third NBA team right now. And I mean, I, if Rudy's defensive presence keeps being this big of a factor this season beyond just the defensive player of the year consideration, maybe Rudy's name would even be mentioned in all NBA circles, which is just so wild to think about. We didn't think that this would even necessarily be a conversation when he was traded to the Timberwolves. And we definitely didn't think it was, I mean, after last year, we definitely think, did not think this was possible. Yeah. And yet here we are. And Cat is also playing out of his mind too. Jaden McDaniels is back. This thing is humming and we mentioned it this is now a very tough stretch of their schedule they're actually playing the Sixers right now I think they're only down by like four points or something right now I can't see the score right now actually no they're winning the ball game now they're up 67 to 66 right now and so they are just biting right into this part of the schedule that we talked about and they are just they're, they're just doing exactly what a championship level team does and they still have the best record in the NBA right now at 20 and 5. I think if the, now this is now now I'm looking really far ahead. But come playoff time, if they keep this up and I say they finish one or two, it's going to get very interesting because the pressure is going to be on those guys. Okay. Now, you can't go home in the first round. No. I'd no. argue you can't go home in the second round. You get home court, you cannot do that. You got to at least get to the Western Conference Finals. So that's not Ooh. only pressure on Ant. That's not only pressure on Cat and Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert. And that's not, not only pressure on them. But most importantly, Chris Finch, the head coach. Mm-hmm. I have been. And again, I give him. So much credit now for how he has coached this basketball team. They clearly play for him in ways that they just didn't play for him last year for whatever reason. So he's he's coaching his butt off right now. He's he's just he seems very stoic, very, you know, 
this is what we're going to do. This is how we're winning. Yep. That was a great game. Let's move on to the next. He's very calm, cool, collected right now. But in the postseason, I just I, I need to see him come through, give guys opportunities, better opportunities to put the ball in the hole, have better calls coming out of timeouts, and most importantly, clock management and stopping the quote-unquote bleeding, as they say. When teams go on the run, you are not Phil Jackson, and this is not the Lakers from the 2000s, okay? This is the Timberwolves still young, developing, and growing. When other teams are going on the run, call the necessary timeout. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they adjust to playoff basketball when teams now have a full series, the game plan for them. Um, But as of right now, I mean, I don't see anybody stopping these guys, uh, stopping these guys before they get to the conference finals. You know, and it's, it's again, it's very early. Yeah. We're, what twenty five games in? Of course, you got you know sixty something games left. Yeah. I, I get that, but just speaking, you know, in broad here, the way they're playing, I don't, I don't. If they continue to play defense like this, I can't see a fall off anytime soon. Like, oh, they just went on a ten right. game lose. You know what I mean? Like because the effort, the, exactly, and the star power is yeah. there, right? So if they continue to play like this and they finish top two. Western Conference Finals and nothing else should be accepted out of this ball club. Absolutely. I, and I'm all for that. Feel that pressure, guys. Get to that point. Embrace it and do something about it, too. Uh, it's just so weird to have these conversations about the Timberwolves still. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, I always just kind of expected them to like, all right, they're, they're starting off really hot, but they'll trail off at least a little bit. Still compete in the West. It's just not happening. It happening it's just yet. not happening. It We're playing good yet. teams and we're taking down heat culture one down one brick at a time. You know what I mean? It's just so much fun to watch. Just like this Minnesota Wild team as well after just one of the most fun games that we will see all season long out in Boston between the Bruins and the Wild. A thrilling uh, 4-3. Was that the final? Right, AJ? 4-3 overtime winner yes. for Minnesota. And it was just a display of Marc-Andre Fleury's abilities as a Hall of Famer. Kirill Kaprizov, which is that beautiful one-timer overtime goal. Then he is now the franchise all-time leader in overtime goals as well. The Wild climbing up those standings a little bit more. They're only three, or uh, yeah, four points behind Arizona in that wild card, and they went three and one uh, this week if you include those two shootout victories between the Flames and the Canucks. But uh, things are looking a little better here, AJ, with the Wild recently, and it helps a lot that Matt Boldy is just out of his mind right now. Yeah, Matt Boldy's been awesome. Brock Favor, I think, has been the yes. real story though, stepping up here recently. Uh, Jared Spurgeon out, Jonas Brodeen out for uh, still a couple more weeks at least. I know he had a cast on, and at the time of the initial injury, um, getting hit from behind by Vander Kane, four to six was like the original thing that kind of got leaked out. So we still have uh, quite a bit of time until he gets back. But in that meantime, 21-year-old rookie Brock Faber has been putting up anywhere between 25 and essentially 33, 30-something minutes a night which is like wow. unheard of for a That's rookie. The very suitor like. Wow. And the thing about that is it's not that he's just playing that, but he is he's starring for all 30 of those minutes. He's playing over half of the game a lot of the times recently and wow. he is being a calming presence on the blue line. He's moving the puck well. He's now on the top unit for both the power play and the penalty kill, so he's given even more responsibility. He was out there last night for the game-winning goal against the Bruins. Um he he's kind of doing it at both ends ends of the ice as well. He's showing off that offensive uh, talent that he has. Uh, he's kind of been looked at as this defensive defenseman and a lot, a lot in part due to his time with Minnesota, especially the last season before making the jump to the NHL. 
he didn't get in Bob Motzko's uh, power play unit there for whatever reason, despite, in my opinion, that's like the specific build that Bob Motzko wants for the defenseman, given my three years uh, covering him at St. Cloud State before his move to the U. Um, Brock Faber has been just a tremendous, tremendous player, not just for the wild, but for, uh, I, I think the like college hockey to show that there are some of these guys that are playing hockey right now, um, in the U S college system that can make that jump instantaneously Mm -hmm. to the NHL. He showed up last season in the playoffs and showed a lot of promise. And people were thinking, okay, he just got done playing for a national championship. Uh, you know, he's, it's not like he was sitting around on the couch or whatever. Nope. This season, I, I think the bar was set relatively high and he broke that ceiling through. So he's been just a rock star, should be very much in consideration for the Calder Trophy Award. I think it, it'll inevitably go to uh, uh, Connor Bedard for everybody yeah. who out there is unaware. Calder Trophy is essentially the rookie of the year for the NHL. Do I think he'll get nods for the Norris Trophy, a.k.a. best defenseman? No. Should mm-hmm. he be in consideration as of this moment right now? Maybe. I don't well, think. Wow, well, that, that, that's actually crazy. Yeah, I don't think I just playing that good. That might be biased, but like, that's because I'm watching him every single game and what he's showing out there is this, like, if he was playing, let me tell you, if he was playing in Toronto for the Maple Leafs right now, he absolutely would. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I will, this is for some reason a, a thing in the, like, for instance, Jonas Brodeen, when he's healthy should also be getting the same treatment in conversation. Yeah. It's just, frankly, it's frankly playing in Minnesota. I know given the state of hockey and everything, it's still Minnesota, similar to can I, 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 I a lot of Timberwolves fans, for instance, huge on cat, huge on, or huge on ant, excuse me. If he was playing with the Lakers, if he was playing with the Celtics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he'd be getting that sort of treatment. He's just not. So mm. um, I, I think this has been more of a coming out party this season for him. And I think this is a coming out party for Brock Faber right now. He's been tremendous uh, while the wild have been very shorthanded on the back end of things. And the, the yeah. split that they had on this road trip out, out uh, out east i thought that if they were gonna lose one it would be yesterday in boston against a really good bruins team yeah. and then pick up the win against the penguins mm-hmm. they yeah. flipped it so um that I, I think declan said it on today's judd's hockey show you're gonna look back if this team really catches fire um eventually does make it to a playoff maybe they look like they're gonna make a run but you're gonna look back and yesterday that might be the turning point of the season because that was a win that was they faced adversity at times. They had their stars kind of finally come through. Kirill with two goals. And, and he's been looking yeah. a lot more encouraging. Yes. We know that he's been kind of battling, maybe not being 100% here to start the year um, after kind of getting folded up on in Winnipeg last season. A lot of encouraging stuff on this two-game stint where in Pittsburgh, he was literally walking around guys, like just beautiful moves mm-hmm. that made me have to rewind the TV just to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It didn't end up in a goal, but it's just like, how is he doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then last night he was doing some Kirill esque things that we had grown used to uh, last season that we haven't really seen as much right now. You know, the, the power strides circling the zone in the offensive zone to kind mm-hmm. of draw defenders yes. out of, out of places. Um, the very elite skill moves that, you know, deke hand deke, uh, deking in a phone booth, stick handling a phone booth. You're seeing that a little bit more often mm-hmm. now. So hopefully things continue to trend in the right, uh, the, the right way keeps progressing in the right direction. And uh, he's back to hundred percent. This team gets healthy and back yeah. to hundred percent in general. Yeah. And uh, I, I think when that time finally comes, if it ever does, we're going to see some really good hockey, but for right now they're hanging with some really good teams. 
it's uh it seems like when they're losing they're getting in their own way which is frustrating a lot of penalties that's the biggest thing right now I yeah think stop going to the penalty box for the love yeah God. and giving up shorthanded goals like you did against the flames that was really frustrating too <laughs> in the third period that was I don't, I don't know what they were doing but yeah i mean this this is also what happens when your goaltending stabilizes too uh, it looked really l- rough for Gustafson and Flurry at the beginning of the season, and it's been so much better lately. I was kind of surprised that Flurry didn't get the start in Pittsburgh because it might potentially be his last chance to play against the Penguins. And obviously, he's an all-time uh, Pittsburgh Penguin great, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So I was kind of surprised to see Gustafson out there. But obviously, I mean, we got that show in Beantown. I mean, that was sure he gave up a, a few goals, yes. And so maybe on the stat sheet, it doesn't look like Flurry did a whole lot, but just. What he was able to do, especially in that second period when Boston was just barraging them, just kept the wild in the game. And it is ultimately, even if Hall of Fame players are over the hump when they get to a certain age, every now and then they still just show that flash that just reminds you of just how good these players were, especially in their primes. And that is was an example of what we got from Flurio last night. But yeah. If Kaprizov starts uh, really playing like we all know Kirill Kaprizov can play, and last night was honestly probably his best game of the season, um, yeah, the Wild might actually be able to salvage what was honestly one of the worst starts to any season that they have ever had. And we all knew this wasn't a bad hockey team. It's been a playoff team for several years now. They aren't a bottom feeder like some of these other teams are, like you know, not to pick on the Ducks or the Sharks or the Senators who just fired their head coach too. Things have stabilized a little bit. Um, now, maybe you can make the argument, you know, maybe was this going to happen inevitably and maybe we didn't need to fire Dean Evison? I don't really know about that. But still, uh, no matter what, you can't really argue that since that moment, the Wild have played a whole lot better in John Hines has implemented at least some schemes and some line changes that are yielding pretty decent results for the Wild, but ultimately it is the goaltending that has helped them a ton. Gustafson's been better, and Flurry has been much better. Uh, gentlemen, we need to get out of here. We're pushing up against the clock right now. Uh, any final thoughts before we send our lovely listeners off to the holidays with their families and their friends? Yes. <laughs> I am okay. uh, tired of... And I, and I hate to say this because I like him as a football player. I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes. You got the whole. Him. Everybody you, you fell got the for whole it. Darkness retreat in the offseason. And I'm one who I want to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He's one of the best players in the league. Is he going to go here? Is he going to go there? Is he going to stay with the Packers? Oh, my gosh. Then he goes to the Jets. Oh, man, the Jets could be Super Bowl contenders. Oh, snap. Then he goes out there. <laughs> first possession of the game, tears his Achilles. Dang. Well, down goes Aaron Rodgers. I guess we'll got to wait till next season. And then the Jets get to winning some games. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers back on Pat McAfee. So, you know, I might come back sooner than expected. Expect me to, you know, you know, give me all the doubts and everything you got. I might come back a lot sooner than you think. Then out of nowhere, the Jets keep on winning games and they drop a bunch of games. All of a sudden, <gasps> 21 uh, day practice window opens. Aaron Rodgers is practicing. Oh my gosh, he's walking. Oh my gosh, he's stepping back, throwing pro, uh, throwing passes, accurate from the pocket. This is crazy. Oh, the Jets lose a couple more games. Then out of nowhere, yeah, if I was 100%, I'd push the play. So I'm probably going to be out for the rest of the season. I mean, we 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 and knew that all, you should have just we all let fell us and just, everybody fell for it. Everyone fell for it. Just think that no. instead of thinking you was about to make some type of crazy miraculous comeback and make history, but lo and behold, an Achilles injury is actually a seizing-ending injury. Yeah. Wow. What? It doesn't matter what kind. Wow. It doesn't matter if you did a special new way of doing it too. You're still going to be out the whole time. The man, the man is a master marketer. 
he knows how to keep himself in the conversations of regular people, especially when he is out of the spotlight. Honestly, there's going to be a college course taught on just Aaron Rodgers and how he's managed his own personal image throughout his NFL career. It is fascinating how he gets people to care about him when he is irrelevant. I just want to see him play. That's it. I I know. Yeah, sure. Especially not in the NFC. Well, and and especially because there were so many primetime Jets games scheduled this year that have been just absolutely trash because they were expecting Rodgers to be in and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers likes people talking about him. I think we know that uh, for sure. AJ, any final thoughts from you? Uh, Yeah, on top of that, now the Jets have him on the roster, despite knowing that he can't play. roster so that he he can keep practicing. How about, hear me out here, hear me out, instead of the guy that's, (laughs) Like going like no doubt going into the Hall of Fame, who has been a who plays in the most luxury uh, luxurious position in all of the NFL, who gets paid the most. Maybe, maybe he doesn't need to be on the active roster. Maybe the guy that's been working his butt off, who exudes Jets culture, who is a borderline practice squad slash active roster guy. Maybe that's the guy that you give the opportunity to. That's the guy who gets the game check. Who's gonna cost you? you know, a hundred K a game who actually needs it. Not this guy who wants to go sit in the dark for seven days. Not the guy that lied about science to America. <laughs> you don't have this magic Achilles. You are not. Coming. We, we are. I'm not a doctor. And I said, I'd made the same point to Judd Zolgad the other day on a JHS. Cause we were talking about injury stuff. I'm not a doctor. I, I I have access to WebMD <laughs> like an average American. But let me tell you, I am smart enough to know that if you tear your Achilles, you are out for the season. It doesn't matter if you tore it week one, snap one, week 17, snap 17. Doesn't matter. You are done. Gone. Finished for the year. You are not this... Me- you- you're telling me you have this cure, this magical procedure, this magical Man. recovery <laughs> program, and you're hiding it from the world? If you, that's a Nobel Prize for a guy Seriously, that loves yeah. to be, yep. for a guy that loves to be talked about. Why are you playing football, bud? Get get in the lab, you buddy. He got me. Seriously. He he got me, y'all. He got me. You really that's, thought he was going to come back? I thought it was a chance. Oh, he was, he was, I thought he, he was thought full of it. Bro, I thought no, he was I've, maybe. I've seen this man do press conferences for 15 years as a Vikings fan. He's full of it. He's just full you, of it. I wish I could time, say the word I want to, but he's just full of it. The next time I see this guy, this guy, not 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 a, not a not a not a scientist, not a not a learned doctor, normal dude, guy. The next time he is on television, if I hear him talking in my ear holes about anything regarding medicine, health, recovery, surgery, and if I turn to look and he's not wearing a freaking lab coat with a stethoscope <laughs> around his neck, I want him in jail. This is, <laughs> this is getting the- out of hand. Who is the Surgeon General? Get this man on a watch list. I'm so sick of him just throwing out (laughs) stuff. That's like me having a cold and like, hey, just so you know, everybody, if you burn an onion and you sprinkle it on top of like chicken noodle soup, that actually makes it go away just like that. I've been hiding it all this time. I'll be back in the office tomorrow. I got a cold. Doesn't I'm so. Yeah, I sorry that 
I'm, yes. I'm glad we could all come together for yes. the holidays for a rant about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yes. Just warm yeah. my heart. Anytime he comes on. Heart. I know. Most of the time he comes on television now, I just take my remote control and go mute. And that's enough of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't have anything more to add to that. He is, he is an absolute clown. But again, it's fascinating how he keeps people, how he stays in the conversation at all times. It's, it's just, it's a master class of manipulation and, ego, ego, and just having a big ego. All right. That'll do it for Taxi Squad, everybody. Uh, Score North Taxi Squad, uh, that is. Let's see. I don't think I said this at the beginning of the show because I was really distracted by my Tush Push introduction. You can find us on ScoreNorth.com, ScoreNorth mobile app, Apple, Spotify, and if you want to see our lovely faces, the Score North YouTube channel is where you can check that out. My name is Jason Stormer. That's Artis Woods. That's AJ Fredrickson. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Have a wonderful time with your friends and family. And don't worry, Taxi Squad will be back next week to break down whatever happens on Christmas Eve between the Lions and the Vikings. And then we'll also preview Sunday Night Football on New Year's Eve between the Vikings and the Packers. I had to think about who we were playing there for a second. It's the Packers, the hated Packers. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, everyone. We will talk to you next time on the Score North Taxi Squad. Take care. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays.